0: Yeah. What's his name? Yevgeny Prigozhin, the head of the uh, the Wagner group, the mercenary group, just monsters, you know, Um, the ones who tried to then stage the coup against Vladimir Putin. But then for some reason, like pulled up outside of Moscow and like, I'm just kidding. No, totally a power sharing thing. And now apparently he was on a plane flying around, got a little too close to Russian airspace and shot him down along with 10 other people on the plane. Yeah, my question is, who's, who gets on the plane with him? I don't know. All right, we're talking, though, about this uh, Charlotte Mecklenburg School Board meeting last night, where they had hours of public comment from parents and teachers and activists who were very, very upset that the Board of Education is complying with state law, as passed and then, well, vetoed and then overridden, uh, called the Parents' Bill of Rights. And they went through, they had to amend, the the school board had to amend some of its policies and adopt some of the language out of the state law in order to comply, which they say was totally unnecessary because they are already totally complying and they, of course, want parents involved in the education and none of this indoctrination is happening, but that's why we have to change the rules to comply. And we don't like it, but we have to, but we weren't doing that thing that we say we weren't doing, but we're doing because it helped people or something. So... A lot of people showed up to speak um, against it, and they, some of them uh, attacked the Moms for Liberty group, which has been uh, one of the most effective and vocal grassroots organizations in America, but also here in CMS in North Carolina, in getting the Parents' Bill of Rights passed. So they attacked the the Moms for Liberty group, and the leader of that group was there, and she did speak on a couple of the policy changes. So, I'll play some of that audio in a minute. First, let me get Alex onto the program here. Hello, Alex. Welcome to the show.
1: How are you? Hey, Pete. Um, big fan, man. Well, thanks. I appreciate it. What's going yeah. on? Um, so, we, I heard, we heard you talking about the. Um, so, I agree with you teachers should not be talking about the sexual sexuality, right? Like what they do
0: at home. Hey, uh, hang on a second, Alex. Your connection is pretty—it's uh, pretty bad. You're kind of breaking up. Are you on speakerphone or a Bluetooth or something?
1: Oh, okay. Hang on a
0: Yeah. See that? I got the ear for it, man. No, I got the ear for it. I could totally tell that was—that sounded like yeah. inside the car or something.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was. Um, is it better now? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great. All right. So. Um, even though if uh, a teacher, you know, whether it's a male or female uh, and they have a partner of the same sex at home, and sure, you know, you, you, okay, they, they they won't be talking about their sexual orientation or whether they have sex at home, but teachers talk about their life, you know? So inadvertently they can mention... Okay, also, if the teacher is a man, and they'll say, oh, me and my husband did this yesterday Mm as a family. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think kids are going to catch on to that naturally and make fun of it, you
0: know. Right, well, and here's the other... Well, and and it's not even that it can happen naturally. It's that uh, activists who are in the teaching profession, they are taught, they are instructed, it's part of their, their activism, is it's called generative teaching and so they will specifically use examples like you just mentioned right in order to induce the conversations so they'll say and i mentioned this before like this example you know uh, let's say you know uh little johnny is driving with his parents uh to uh, vacation in this other city and it takes them two hours to get there they're driving at 55 miles an hour uh how far away is the city and so that's a straight up math problem one would think but the generative teaching method uses that example, uses that math problem, and they'll say, "Well, look at Johnny, he has privilege because he has two parents. Um, let's talk about that. Or, uh, oh, look at that, They're able to take a vacation. And so let's talk about that privilege that they're able, what kind of job must they have? You know, not everybody can take vacations, that sort of stuff. So everything yeah. is used in service. For the ideology, for the for the instruction or indoctrination of the kids,
1: right, right, yeah. How do you speak? how do you address it?
0: You fire the teachers.
1: Fire.
0: <laughs> no, seriously, because I, I don't know any other way. Because people yeah. are in the profession as activists, and if they are there to do that kind of work, right. there isn't any other solution except to I, fire I see
1: them. Then they are the ones who are complaining. Hey, the whole class is making fun of me for this and that yeah
0: yeah if the, yeah, they they'll use it in order to induce the conversations and then if yeah they get made fun of they get they get bullied or something you get kids yeah, that make yeah. comments about it right then they can play the victim which is yes obviously part of the leftist passion play absolutely yeah yeah alex yeah appreciate the call buddy thanks for making it yeah good talking All right, buddy see ya um yeah like th- this is uh, th- this is the only recourse that i am uh, aware of i don't know any other solution Because if you're an activist first and a teacher second, then you don't belong as a teacher, right? You're fired. You're not allowed to—because you are given a a responsibility. You're put into these positions, and there's a great deal of trust given to you. And if you view your primary job as to transmit a cultural shift with the adoption of queer theory principles, for example— then you do not belong in the classroom. And again, the problem is the model. It's the K-12 government model, right? And if parents make the choice to get their kids out of these schools, and the K-12 model gets reduced, its footprint is shrunk down to only schools that are dealing with this kind of indoctrination, this kind of education, then so be it. But no, when you have a government-controlled entity, institution like K-12 government schools... Everybody gets to weigh in on the curriculum. And I know that that's not not ideal for our leftist friends that have had, you know, the run of the place for the last 30 years. But I think those days are over. I really do. I think that those days are over. Let me go over and play a quick soundbite. This is um, Brooke Weiss. She is uh, with the local chapter of Moms for Liberty. And she asked the school board how long the reasonable quote unquote time period will last for the, re- the the required review of library books and material
2: how long is this review process going to take place is it going to be 60 days 90 days 180 it is my belief based in things that i have already shared with all of you that there is definitely material that needs the utmost of attention and, need, and the reviews need to be done as soon as possible. Materials discussing gender ideology and sexuality are not allowed in K-4 through four anymore, and that means book, books about those topics cannot be available in classrooms or school libraries. That's not subject to review. That's right. the state law now. There are all kinds of books in, on those topics in elementary libraries right now, and they must be immediately removed if K-4 through four can access them. For example, Julian is a Mermaid and Melissa, which was formerly published as George, are currently on the library shelves of Cornelius Elementary. Of course, some grace should be given as far as allowing time for librarians to clear out books like that, but our patience will be limited to a reasonable time frame.
0: Now, there was this other guy, I mentioned him earlier, Josh Dumas. His wife is running for Huntersville Town Commission. They were in the uh, newspaper. Their, their kid is trans, and I cut short his, uh, his full comments. So I'm going to play his full comments here.
3: I'm glad there's such a large group here. I think it's uh, pretty funny that there's such a group of people that just hate people. Oh, hang on a second. What? This is Brian
0: Weiss. This is Brian... All right. Okay, hang on. I, yeah, So I, I bricked this. So let's re-rack it. This is Brian Weiss. This is Brooke Weiss's husband. And he said CMS leaders have, getting, have given conflicting answers about the implementation of the law.
3: I'm glad there's such a large group here. I think it's... Uh, funny that there's such a group of people that just hate people. When we're here just to protect children's rights, I see people holding signs. Um, I'm going to get to my what I wanted to say, but people are saying things about we're a hate group and trans and stuff. My, children. What? No, come we're, on. No, we're here to protect children. My own godchild is trans. So I just think this is so ridiculous. But I'm going to go back to the point of this is, Jennifer Della Hara kept saying on Friday that the new legislation was unnecessary because CMS already does everything required in the new law. Well, if that's the case, then why is this even an issue? If we already do it, then continue to do it and do it. Right. But... (laughs) For years, I have unsuccessfully tried to get information about my child, what she's learning, the type of studies, the books, the tests, and I couldn't do it. Why? Because it's not easy. And that's what this law is about. Right. So don't
0: tell me that it's raining when I can quite obviously see that you're whizzing on my boots. Okay. Alright, more on that in a minute. First, let me tell you, the Heritage Life Skills event was fantastic. Every year, Bill and Jan Stirett organize the event to help people get educated on how to be prepared for anything. The Sturetts own Carolina Readiness Supply. 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials you'll need for any kind of emergency. have no clue what you're doing, or maybe you're somewhere in between, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you in Waynesville and always at carolinareadiness.com, veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? To the phone lines we go. Here is Herb. Welcome to the show, Herb.
4: Hey, Pete. Hey. Thanks a lot. Yes. Um, I've been listening to much of the data presented with respect to the left, the right, what's happening in the schools, so forth and so on, and my memory went back to the fifties and sixties when we as kids were warned how terrible communism was oh communism took over every aspect of your life i mean you couldn't do anything without the communist government telling you what to do how to do it when to do it so uh you know frighten me. And my son and I today, we laugh about what's going on, and we start comparing it to that definition of communism I was given. I passed it on to him, and I said to him one day, if we ever uh, reach the point where the government provide food, clothing, medicine, housing, uh, 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 and finally they get to sex. I said, that's Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Mm. So, So Therefore, I'm listening to what's going on, and the government is doing exactly what we were afraid the communists were going to do.
0: Well, they well, what the Communists are doing in uh, you look at China. So you don't have to do it. what what you're describing is the authoritarian state, right? Where communism always uh, always uh, goes to is authoritarianism. And you look over it in China and their model, their their command control economy, their uh, central planning, and what they've been able to do with the technology of today is to create their social credit scores, right? And that's the way that they keep people in line. So not only, yes, do they control the means of production, but they can also restrict you from getting access to the goods and services. So we wouldn't even in this country, we wouldn't even need to uh, have the government control the means of production in order to get towards that authoritarian state We just implement the the social credit systems, right? We just, we debank people who express opinions that are, you know, double plus ungood, like the the Canadian truckers found themselves getting deplatformed, debanked and such. Their accounts shut Mm. down and such. Um, And so if you cannot participate in the free economy, then what is the, like, what's the material difference there? If you're being sort of herded into line via technology, Right, you're you're being told what you can and cannot say. Here's another similarity: the uh, people who who were under the USSR control, they would. I remember hearing this story uh, years ago. Somebody had defected. I think they were talking to some elected officials where I heard the story, and they said, "Oh, it's funny that one of the biggest differences in America is that you guys still watch the news here, and in the Soviet Union they would just watch the news or read the paper to know what the government wanted them to think. They didn't believe it." But they, that's how you knew what the government's talking points were. <laughs> that's the only reason exactly. you read it.
4: Exactly what I'm seeing here.
0: Yeah. Now I hear you, Herb. i got to run. i, I got to go to uh, news. I appreciate the call, sir. Good to talk with you. Uh, make the call again. I appreciate it. Consider supporting one of the businesses that make it possible. Lots of gift ideas for that person who loves the military style for fashion or decor. There really is something for everyone at Old Grouch's Military Surplus in beautiful downtown Clyde and online at oldgrouch.com. All right, back to some of this audio. I pulled so much of it. Uh, I'm not going to get to all of it, but let me do, let's do clip number nine. Number nine. Number nine. Okay, Alicia Bergsman is a parent and she said, look, the kids. NEED THESE BOOKS. That are totally in compliance with the law, that's why we have to take them off the shelves and parents are objecting because they may be a little bit inappropriate, but they're totally needed.
5: It is heartbreaking that as a parent, we must continue to fight on multiple fronts against hate and extremism. Students deserve access to books with characters and subjects that reflect the diversity and complexity of themselves and the world around them. To receive an education that gives them the opportunity to discuss challenging themes in a safe environment. It is incredibly ironic that groups like Moms for Liberty promote constitutional values and parental rights when their actions do the exact opposite. Take, for example, some of the books they have been handing out this summer and are trying to get into school libraries. One title, a picture book called Elephants Are Not Birds, is described by the publisher as a Christian conservative children's book that tackles the topics of gender identity. The publisher goes on to state that, and I quote, I want to make that clear, children will learn that boys are not girls and elephants are not birds. According to Moms for Liberty, books about gender identity are not age-appropriate for elementary school yet here they are pushing a scientifically inaccurate picture book that attempts to groom kids into transphobic bigots if it smells like hypocrisy guess what it's hypocrisy so
0: are boys girls so how come whenever there's a gender reassignment surgery there are only two options there brooke weiss responded
2: nobody is trying to erase anybody Uh, Yeah, I passed out a book called Elephants Are Not Birds at a private event. There were absolutely no public funds involved. And that's what we're asking opposition to do. Do it on your own time, not inside classrooms. Right. It's almost
0: like you're being willfully obtuse about this. Also, I would note that the kids aren't even learning how to read and do math and that sort of thing. So, like again, how about you focus on the fundamentals first before you, you know, it's like Jordan Peterson advises, pick up your room before you change the world. How about that? Before before you try to, you know, overhaul society in this Marxist utopian vision, and that's where this comes from. And look, you guys may not realize this, like you activists, lefty guys, y'all may not realize, or even parents that are just on board because, you know, love wins and no room for hate, you know. I'm not sure you guys are even aware of the roots of your ideology that you're espousing. Maybe you are. But a lo- I would submit a lot of you are probably in the dark about where this is coming from. Go read newdiscourses.com. Brian Weiss, who's Brooke Weiss's husband, he addressed the
3: anti-liberty accusation. Nobody's telling you to get rid of LGBT books. Nobody's telling you to ban or, bu- or burn them. We just want to have access limited to people that want to read it so if you want to read it read it that's good but if we don't want people that don't want to have the books shown to their children we don't want it just freely so their children can take it i think it's pretty simple
0: it is pretty simple and therein lies the problem (laughs) this is a very simple we do this with movies we do it with video games right age appropriateness curating Material for age appropriateness. This happens all the time. Brooke Weiss then says the issue is not the LGBTQ community. This is about sexualizing kids. For the
2: record, I've never asked for a single book to be removed. I've taken issue with books that contain both hetero and homosexual explicit passages. It's not that I object to any LGBTQ people. I don't. I object to sexualizing any children in any way. The LGBTQ students deserve that same protection. Nobody's trying to erase them. It's been pure theater this evening. Nobody in my organization is doing anything of what we've been accused of. I'd like to thank the board also, as I did last Friday, for preemptively doing all of this work to enact all of the policy changes, because as far as I know, you're the only district that has done this across the state, and many of us greatly appreciate the hard work that you've done to comply with the law. Thank you. Then there was a woman named Rachel,
0: I think, Blazinski, and she says the books give children the language that they need. And then I think she's kind of advocating for the Bible to be taught in school or something.
5: First, I need to spell a myth. Books presented during circle time or carpet time. Oh, hang on a second. This card- is
0: not Blazinski. Real professional, Pete. Real professional. Here's Blazinski.
6: Um, I can promise you that books aren't turning your kids gay. The truth is that oh your God. kid um, is gay and born queer. Um, in fact, it's genetic. It has absolutely nothing to do with books. The only thing that a kid is going to do with a book is read it.
0: No, that's not the only thing a kid's going to do with a book. Depending on what pictures are in there, the kid... Okay, never
6: Letting kids have access to these challenged books makes it so that they know that being queer is normal and how their bodies work and function. Given that children are human beings, there will be a point in their life where they will need to know about their own sexual health, how their bodies functions, what it means to go through puberty and so forth, which which this knowledge is stored in the books that are being directly challenged.
0: Wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. So you want the books to be available so kids can know what going through puberty is like? But I thought you could stop puberty. And I thought that would be the natural thing to do is to stop the natural course of puberty if you are born in the... Wrong body. catch is so confusing.
6: Books that discuss sexual health, educate children about how their bodies operate, how to use the bathroom, deal with their periods, keep clean, and navigate puberty are essential for children and help children report... Um, non-consensual touch and sexual assault by giving them the language that they need in order to say to a trusted adult i am being assaulted i am being molested this is what is happening when we remove that language we put more children at risk for being molested and not being able to come forward because they don't know
0: all right so there's that argument again first time i've heard this argument i've been monitoring these debates for a very long time and this is now, I guess, the new talking point has gone out that we have to teach these books. We have to show the pictures. We have to, uh, you know, present the, uh, the various uh, cartoon characters engaged in all of the sex. We have to do that, show it to the, the, the second graders, because otherwise they won't know they're getting molested. That's, that's a bold strategy. We'll see if it works. And then there's this.
6: What it is other than their private parts. They don't know what name for, for, for their genitalia it is. And these that's what it's Give so, them that access. Oh, that's it. That. And if these books are going to be challenged, then I should say that the Bible should also be challenged since it does talk about sex. Wait a minute.
0: Is the Bible still being taught in Charlotte Mecklenburg schools? I wait. I thought. Hang on a second. I thought that the Bible was not allowed to be taught in the schools. I don't think this is. I don't think she's making the point she thinks she's making. <laughs> uh, let me jump over here and get Kevin onto the program. Hello, Kevin. How are you?
7: How you doing, Pete? Hey, I'm good. Um, I, I, have, I have something I really don't understand. How can these people that turn around on the left uh, and say, "Well, we have to expose these children to things that"? you know, are in society and everything today, and they're the same ones that tore down all the Confederate flags and anything that bothered them when they didn't like what they wanted to see. Uh, It just seems so hypocritical that you're going to say, well, we have to expose society, what society is going on. Meanwhile, for the last 50 years, when they had things that they didn't like to see, um, they just let them stand, and now all of a sudden they tore them down, and now they say, well, we got to expose children to things that... you
0: know, they must be would you I'm, like to I'm take
7: confused yeah
0: would you like to take a uh, would you like to take a stab at the answer
7: oh yeah, hypocrisy at its best yeah well it, it well you know it just flies in the face of, of reality same thing when you get a teacher that gets up in front of a school board tells them I'm going to defy the law and i'm going to do it right in front of your faces if you did that in the private sector, you'd be fired right there mm-hmm.
0: yeah and if it, you said you yeah know, that, it's uh, in, yeah for insubordination absolutely and and potential litigation risk right
7: sure yeah but this is the world we're living in now right so uh, thank you for fighting the fight
0: yeah kevin i appreciate the call buddy um it's so it's it's it is hypocrisy but that's not the uh that's not the motivation that's not the goal right the hypocrisy is simply the it's the outward manifestation of what the goal is and the goal is control right the goal is control. You know they, they don't trust you to parent your kid correctly. They don't trust you to teach your child not to be a bigot. And they want to remake the society, right? So they need to remake the next generations. The means of production is controlled by them in the schools, K-12, government school system. You're producing citizens for the next generation, and so this is how they're going to do it. They're going to teach your kids what they want the kids to know that you obviously are not teaching them well enough. So they're going to do it. So so what's the purpose of that? It's to control the means of production, right? Just like we don't want your kids to see that Confederate flag over there. We don't want them to see that statue. We don't like that. And so we're going to take that down. And what is that about? Yes, there is an element there of, you know, we shouldn't be celebrating the founder of the KKK. I'm on board with that. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to honor that person any longer. Like apparently people a hundred years ago wanted to honor that person. So let's take it down. I'm fine with that. But what's the, what's the purpose of erasing all history when you start expanding beyond, uh, you know, uh, Nathan Bedford Forrest, when you go beyond that guy, when you go be and, and now you're starting to tear down all of these monuments. You're going after Jefferson. You're rewriting the history of Lincoln, right? You're doing all of these things. What is that about? The means of production. Controlling the means of production. And what are we producing? The next generation. You teach kids critical race theory, which is totally not being taught yet. We're going to bring in Ibram X. Kendi to instruct all of the the, the management and teachers at CMS. But don't worry. The guy who said the cure for past racism is, or, or the cure for past discrimination is current discrimination. The cure for current discrimination is future discrimination. That's him. That's Kendi. That's Kendi who... You know, they had everybody read his book, and then they brought him in, paid him thousands of dollars to say basically nothing in a Zoom call. What's the point of that? It's to tear down the institutions. In service to what? Producing the next generation. And if you believe that everything about the current is tied to the past, and the past was inherently systemically, institutionally discriminatory, then it has to be torn down and anybody who objects to it being torn down is obviously part of the opposition. And if you're of the Kendi mindset, that means you are a racist. This is what he says. His words, you are either racist or anti-racist. And if you're not engaging in anti-racism all the time, which is against racism, look, these are his definitions. I, whatever. So, But that's it. That's what he says. You're either racist or anti-racist. They're producing the next generation. In California's Chico Unified School District last year, an 11-year-old girl told a counselor she wanted to be a boy. The counselor immediately told the child she should adopt a new identity, go by different pronouns. They then informed the students, teachers, and classmates to to uh, to address her in this fashion the girl's parents had no idea any of it was going on when the mother finally found out she went to court to sue the district a judge sided with the school against the parents last month u.s district court judge john mendez said in a ruling that the authority of the district to safeguard the information overrode parental rights chico staff were not forcing students to adopt a different identity or telling them to keep it secret from the parents. Instead, the judge wrote school officials were just allowing students to choose who they wanted to share their identities with. The child was, uh, this according to Jazz Shaw at HotAir.com, says the child was confused. That conclusion is further supported by the fact that she detransitioned later in the school year and went back to living as a girl. Her mother, originally thwarted in in court, though the case is expected to be appealed, The girl wanted to talk to her mom, but the school counselor manipulated her into keeping her mom in the dark, the court case said. They're not your kids. But this is how they view it, the next generation, the means of production. All right, that's it for today's episode. I'll see you tomorrow. Don't break anything while I'm gone.